Warning, this 24th installment of Spark Interview Podcast's Bond Marathon will contain adult language, mature situations, a film inspired by the fifth anniversary of James Bond, the return of gadgets for 007, a sinister villain with a detachable jaw, tons of homages to prior films, and the final appearance of Judy Dench in a Bond film. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Spark in Motion Picture Review, James Bond, 007, Skyfall. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark in Motion Picture Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And how are you doing today? I am good. Are you excited for this, our 24th installment of the James Bond Marathon? Americans podcast where we've been talking about all of the James Bond films in order with the exception of Casino Royale. I do. I I love the James Bond franchise. And with the In my mind, I'm a Bond girl every time I put on lipstick. Hey, it's a great and fun time, and I'm excited to talk about this one, because this is actually one of the ones that people have said is the, one of the best James Bond films, and I'm kind of on the fence about it, where it falls. But beforehand, remember, if you want to check out any of our other installments of the James Bondathon, you could check out our motion review podcast at www.spirakin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N, I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. And you can check out our other podcasts, including our manga review, our manga news review, our television Tuesday, and all the other podcasts we have there. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com. And if you enjoy what we do, remember to support our Patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. And we have more videos on Patreon. Yes, we do. We have some fun ones, and we have several ones for the James Bond franchise. But we'll get to that in a bit, because it is time for us to talk about, like we said... The 23rd James Bond film in the Eon Productions series. And it's been a crazy trip. Because this film is the one which is inspired by the 50th anniversary of James Bond. So this is 50 years after Dr. No graced the screen in the 60s. And there's a lot of little nods, a little fun moments where it's like they're not winking at the camera because that's not what James Bond does. He winks at the girl. But they totally are winking at the but camera. But they're winking at the camera. I love it. And the cool thing is that this is actually the third direct sequel of the Daniel Craig Bond films. So this is actually the third in sequential order. And... For those of you who are wondering, though, um, is there ever been an order before Daniel Craig? Yes, there has been. It's presumed that all of the James Bond from Sean Connery to Pierce Brosnan are the same Bond because of all the references to Tracy. This is the first one where we didn't get Tracy. This whole thing, it's the love of his life was Vesper. And we do get a little bit of mention of her in this, but not as much as in the last two films. True, but there's still that nod true and so also this is the first james bond film to be screened in imax venues and like i said coincide with the 60th anniversary of the series and this is the only james bond film to gross over one billion dollars worldwide one billion dollars that is impressive and this is one of the best hopefully the new film no time to die beats that but we're gonna have to wait and see let's actually get to some of the basics behind this film so this is directed by Sam Mendes, who directed American Beauty, Road to Perdition, Jarhead, the sequel to this film, Spectre, and 1917. 
He has an excellent pedigree. His vision for stories is well done, I think. But I'm getting off topic, so let's get to the writing. Again, it's written again by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, and this time, John Logan, because obviously Paul Haggis is never going to be working in uh, script writing again after the debunkle of Quantum of Solace. Don't you agree? Very much so. And this is a tighter film, and it's done a lot better. I think that the writing is more solid, the plot makes more sense, and we get a lot of little Bondisms that were lacking in the last two Bond films, I believe. Because there's a little bit more pun game in this. There's a little more innuendo in well, this. Well, I think it was missing from the last one because the last one was during the writer strike. I think whoever, whatever writer's pun game is on point was miss, was on strike before and back with a vengeance, thankfully. But there was no puns in Casino Royale either. Well, sorry, there was one pun. But no real puns. This one, he is Bond. It's This, this is Daniel Craig as James Bond. This is the full version. While, yes, there are some elements where he's a little bit crazy it's this is i think the best bond film we've got so far from him but again i'm getting a little ahead of myself so anyway uh this was produced by again michael g wilson and barbara broccoli but this time they actually said this is an albert broccoli production i do like that that said this is an albert broccoli production they didn't say this is barbara broccoli and michael g wilson Cause, true because of course broccoli created this whole piece now again this is uh based on james bond by ian fleming our cinematographer this time is Roger Deakins, and he definitely did not do the same things that the last one did. He made it a lot better. He fixed things up. You got some great angles and the fight sequences. And, and all not the- as many jump shots. Not as Yes, yes, yes. I was so happy with that. You actually see what the fights were happening. You saw what was going on. And there were some excellent usage of just scenery to depict things. With the color palette, there's a sequence when Bond is underwater and you just see him using a flare to look for a hole. And it's just done beautifully, that sequence. But anyway, the release date was October 23rd, 2012 in the United Kingdom and November 9th, 2012 in the United States. Uh, the budget was 150 to $200 million and its box office gross was $1.109 billion. That means billion it was with one a billion, one hundred and nine million. That's crazy, but it's totally worth it for this film, which is known simply as Skyfall. Yes, named after. I have a hard time saying that without singing it. I know Skyfall. It's a it's a catchy song, but we'll get to the music in a bit. And I love the fact that it's named after the Bond ancestral home in Scotland. We get to know more about James Bond in this one. And this one... So, and what's his name? Who's the game, the groundkeeper? Oh, Kincaid. We're going to get to him in a moment. Yeah, I love it. Talk about having a flashback to uh, comparison to Born Identity. Very true. I, I, the one thing I do like about this, especially that we did not cover, is the fact that this is the first Bond film that shows that James Bond isn't a... It's not a code name. He actually is James Bond. It shows that he he was raised James Bond and you, we see his parents gravestone and it's just it's just the following the man it's not a oh everybody's James Bond everyone's 007 no there is 007 is the code name but James Bond is still James Bond and i love that but, not jimmy james well so- and you know what this was the first movie where i felt that daniel craig was it wasn't Daniel Craig as James Bond. I felt that it was... James Bond. James Bond. Yeah, this is his his best role as James Bond so far, in my opinion, at this point in Juncture. 
and we'll get and we have we're not talking about Spectre our thoughts on that if he was better or worse but we're talking from Skyfall to the past but anyway let's get to some of the actors in this first off we have Helen McCrory as Claire Dower who's the MP um, she's a character actor was okay then we get the only kind of hench in this movie because there isn't a hench in this movie there's just a hired gun who shows up for a little bit of the movie and that is Ola Rapassi as Patrice who is this hitman hired by the main villain and what do you think about him being uh, the guy who got killed in Shanghai well that's a great sequence the one who gets eaten by a kimono no no no, no 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 before that the one in the skyscraper oh I he's the only hench in the film and that's kind of I think a little bit of a that's one of the few complaints I have is he's not a hench he's just kind of uh yeah but I didn't feel like I was missing a hench because there was this big overarching yeah dun dun which kind of gets I mean I'm not I'm sad to say I'm not sad that the guy got killed in the very beginning because he was a bad guy he was a hitman He's just, I, when I want a hench, I want a good hench, and this is not a good hench. This is one of the ones which doesn't have a hench, unfortunately. But then again, we also don't get a proper Bond girl in this film as well, but we'll get to that in a moment. Then we have Rory Kincaid. Again. But you still have a beautiful girl in a beautiful dress walking around. True. Uh, but back to what I was saying. So Rory Kincaid is back as Bill Tanner, which we officially know he is not just M's assistant. He's actually the MI6 chief of staff. So he's essentially like the butler of the MI6. So M is in charge. He is in charge of all the other subordinates. And he kind of does an okay job. Yeah. And he's interacting with everybody well and he covers up really well. He's like, we need to cover this up. We can't let uh, Mallory know. (laughs) Mallory's like, oh, you guys did this. Good job. And speaking of which, Mallory, Gregory, or Gareth Mallory is played by Ray Fiennes. Uh, yes, Voldemort is playing a good guy in this movie, and he is the chairman of the Joint Intelligence Committee and a former SAS lieutenant colonel, and later maybe a little more than that. We don't want to spoil too much, but I like Ray Fiennes when he plays not villains because he's a very charismatic actor. Voldemort, yeah, Ray Fiennes, he's a good, yes. You know, for the longest time, I didn't recognize him as Voldemort because he has a nose. Yes, quite. <laughs> But I like him. I think he's a great actor. I've loved him in a lot of his movies. If you listen to the Spark and Movie Review, we actually talk about um, Strange Days, which he's in, which is exceptional in. But he's done other work as well. I really like him as that. But anyway, let's get to some of the other members of MI6. First off, we have Ben Wishaw reprising a new role. He's actually starting out as a character that we've been missing for the last two James Bond movies. Someone we didn't think was going to come back. And they brought him back not as an old wizened man, but as a kid. We're talking about the MI6 quartermaster whose code name is Q. Yes. Because he's the quartermaster. Yep. Quarterstorps the Q. So they call him Q. And what do you think about Not this? because he's cute. <laughs> yep. So what do you think about this version of Q? I like that he's a younger kind of ball buster. He doesn't take shit from anybody, especially Bond. He's like, no, we're gonna do this this way. He's very reminiscent of the former Q is our favorite person. We're talking about uh, uh, Mr. Boothroy himself, uh, Desmond Llewellyn. I love Desmond Llewellyn. He was Q for the longest. From He's forever going to be Q. But this version of Q I really do like. I like that he's a hacker. He's someone who's, yeah, I'm someone who's intelligent. And I'm, I don't need you to acknowledge me, but I'm going to get the job done. 
but he still lets Bond push him around just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's still a little kid, and it, this is still a a double O. And Bond is still Bond. I I love the fact that he he does when they they interact with each other. It's kind of a he just sneaks up on Bond. Then Bond realizes he's Q, and he's like, "You're not Q." And then they talk, and he's like, "Okay, you're Q." And then I love the last comment before the mission starts. He's like, "End 007. Please try to return everything back in one piece." Such a nice little nod. I love that. He was cast perfectly like it's, for it. Like it's almost in the manual somewhere. Like when giving a double O anything, try to see if you can get it back. And then actually let's get to Albert Finney. Albert Finney is not uh, MI6 agent, but he is Kincaid, the gameskeeper of the Skyfall estate. And this was his final film. And he's from Born. He did Born. before his death. He's done tons of movies. He was in Ocean's 12. No, I know 12. he's done Born. I, I mean, I know he's done a lot, tons of movies. But like Ocean's this... 12. I'm surprised you don't talk about that, that he was the, the, the super thief. He's the, he is the king thief that everyone was after in 12. That Everyone's like, uh, Danny Ocean's better than him. No, he's not the Night Fox. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, he's the original. He's, 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 he's the original. Yeah, the dad. But no, it's for me, it's his voice. He's got that old man voice, but it's not just large, massive control, you have to stop and hear me voice. Oh, he was a totally stage actor, and he's he has a stage presence, and I like him. Like, he sounds like a seven-foot-tall guy. Who's eloquent. But, you know, with all the comparisons with the Bourne movies being so awesome and the the style during the writer's strike of it trying to, like, emulate the Bourne movies because of all of their success and him being from it. But he is not the same. Act, like, he depth. Yeah. He's an accomplished actor, so he can change to other people. But he and he was, like, a sweet gamekeeper. He's like, so who... who like, you know, what are we going to do? Oh, there's bad guys going to come to try to kill us, but we're going to kill them. And he's like, okay. He, and he, he saws call, off the shotgun. Yeah, like, he he's ready for Jamie. it. He calls him Jamie, which I like. And more importantly, that here's a fun fact, that Kincaid was originally not going to be played by Albert Finney. They wanted a different actor to play No, Kincaid. it had to be him. No, you would have liked this. But they thought it was a little too campy if this actor came to play Kincaid. They wanted Sean Connery. To be no. Kincaid. And that, I think, would have been a nice passing of the torch, but I see why they said it would have been a little too campy. Yeah. I would have loved that, though. Because I I just envision as um, Indiana Jones's dad. Yeah, but this time it would be him. And a Trilby sitting in a sidecar, like, oh, it would be way too no, campy. No, but this would have been him, like, from The Rock. This would be that Sean Connery, but it would be James Bond. With James Bond, you'd be like, yeah, that's James Bond. Yeah. Anyway, so next we have uh, Bernice... Marlohe, who is playing Seravine, who is our villain's mistress, and she is the one of the two kind of Bond girls. She's in the movie for maybe five minutes, and I've got to say, she's like one some of the B-roll Bond girls that's there for just, you see her, and then that's it. They tried to give her depth, and, you know, like she shows her cracks that she's you know, Bond flips her wrist and says, oh, you're part of the sex trade and when did they get you out and who's your master and all that. Like, they tried to give her depth, but it just didn't really... It ends with her with a bullet in her head. Well, that's it... what happens to Bond girls. True. If you're going to be a Bond girl, you're going to sign up to play a really great dead scene and have look really hot in a dress. Still not the worst Bond girl death. I still say probably... Jill Masterson versus, um, or Strawberry Fields, because oil and gold 
clogging all your pores, that's kind of messed up. Well, no. Well, actually, wait, no. What about um, uh, Plenty O'Toole? She got thrown off of a fifth store built, fifth, uh, 15th floor casino window. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. So now we get the other Bond girl who is, or not really because there's, well, anyway. We're talking about Naomi Harris is introduced as Eve, an MI6 field agent who causes a lot of problems at the beginning. And she yeah, because like she shoots Bond. Yeah, she starts off as his. You think she's his equal, but he she's just like his uh, co-high, his junior. Like she's not good. She's like I've been suspended from field duty. Yeah, because you shot a double O. You're not there yet, but. The twist that we all saw with her, you and did you see the twist coming when you first saw the film about her? Because it, oh, her name's Eve. No. And then the end, of course, it's, Many Penny. It's Miss Many Penny. She is a former field agent, and I like that Many Penny is now a practical agent. She's someone who's able to do things, but she's just kind of been suspended. I like that aspect; gives her more depth, and she still has the same. She's sexy. Cool. She can she can shoot a gun, but she's better behind a desk. And she has the tit-a-tit with uh, Bond. Right. They're able to have that... Uh, Repertoire. S- yes. And it's pretty good. Now let's get to the villain, who is Javier Bardem as Tiago Rodriguez, or as he's known in this film, Raul Silva. Who Raul. Is, who is our third ex-MI6 villain, uh, but this one's one who became a cyber terrorist, and... His plan was pretty good to start off with, and then it kind of just falls apart and becomes just a revenge scheme. Because the first half is, I've stolen something and I'm going to keep releasing it until I get what I want. And then it's, I'm now going to just get revenge. However, despite the plan, he is charismatic, he is shocking, and he's a little bit terrifying. A little bit terrifying? What did you think, overall? I mean, I... Like the idea that he's going after M. She's the target. She's a target. She's a target. But then he, it's so personal with her. He, she's not really the target. No, she's like he's obsessed with her. Yeah, but if she gets she, she gets hurt, she's he's like, oh no, because he's he's got to do it. He has he's to. He's got to do it. Right. He wants to protect her and keep her perfect. She's still mother, but he wants to kill her in his own time in his own way. Yes, so he has all of his plots and plans. Uh, what do you think about him as, well, he's, right now he is the best of the Daniel Craig villains, but overall, where would you put him as a villain? I really like him as a villain because he's creepy and smart, and but he's a double O, or he was. Yeah, he was a double O. So he's like the villain they unintentionally created. That is true. And then, speaking of which, the last person who is the Bond girl, because this is her final film, uh, Judy Dench, and she is the Bond woman. She is this Bond and Pierce Brosnan's like most important figure, because this is one of the three people that he actually relies on and cares about. The last film was all about protecting M. The one before that was earning M's trust. This one is protect M to make sure she doesn't die. So it's his mother figure, and he hates her because she let him die. Yeah, she's the one who said, "Take Hold the shot." Ch- take the shot. And she hates him. But he's still... There when she needs him. Right. It just it's it deals with their dynamic. And Judy Dench does a great job. Because we finally see her from behind the desk. Her doing bond work. And her kicking some ass. Making bombs and breaking light bulbs. Shooting and people. And <laughs> flirting with... Uh, what's his name? Kincaid. Yes. But 
So we've gone over the cast. Let's go over a little bit of the synopsis of the story. So I know it's been a while, but so for those who've never seen it, the whole premise is that in the beginning in Istanbul, uh, James and Eve are pursuing a mercenary who stole a hard disk that essentially is the knock list from Mission Impossible. It has the secret identities and the real identities of several undercover agents. So they need to get it back or else things are going to go wrong. Um, great chase sequence that opens up the film and then it leads to Bond and Patrice fighting atop a train and M orders Money Payne to take a shot because she has a clear shot and if they don't take the shot now then they're going to lose the list. Unfortunately, she ends up hitting Bond. Bond falls in the river. They think he's dead and Patrice escapes with a hard drive. So a couple of months pass and now M is in deep trouble because of the loss of the list. They are going to either fire her or she's going to retire and the person kind of trying to keep her safe and like being like listen if you bow out it'll be easier is uh gareth mallory um ray fine's character he's trying to be like listen i respect what you do i know you had to fight in the shadows but the committee wants you gone they're gonna fire you if you bow out it'll be a smoother transition and she's like i'm not gonna bow out she's like no she's still important but then um, our villain shows how awesome he is by blowing up MI6 headquarters. He straights up just blows it up. And it's a, it's a kind of sad scene. So one of my... But he knows where M is, and he intentionally does it when she can see it, but not be impacted by it. Because as you said, he's obsessed with hurting her, and then he's going to kill her himself. Right. And But so- one of my favorite scenes is... Um, when Q has the laptop, they've retrieved it, so he plugs it in. And he's figuring everything out, and then you know all the servers go down. And oh, that's li- that's in a little bit. I, it's in a little bit, but he's like, "Who did that? Who let the virus in?" And he's like, "Oh shit, that was me!" Like, yeah, uh, a lot of computer experts say that's one of the worst scenes in any uh, cybersecurity movie because you never connect it to your servers. You have like a separate server that's locked up. I mean, I get like reminders and and um, quizzes from our IT security department saying, "Never plug in a found USB. Never do it. Never do it. Don't connect to any other network." Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like one hundred and one security one hundred and one. True. So Silva is very powerful, being super hacker, and also releasing the knock list on YouTube five names a day until this is done. So we see that everyone's getting killed, and so we found that. That Bond is still alive. He's been kind of recuperating somewhere. We don't know. Uh, but he's he's not doing good. He's drowning himself out with alcohol and sex, like James Bond would. And he ends up, once he sees it explodes, he returns to London uh, in M's apartment. He's like, yep, reporting for duty, and I was enjoying being dead. And so they say, all right, where the hell were you? Enjoy enjoying death so he faked his death he could have got out of the game but he's like i'm coming back because you're in trouble and we see the new headquarters is the old bunker underneath uh protocols the old bunker that winston churchill used during world war ii which is important for that scene later when everything gets locked down because this means that silva's known the entire time the protocol yeah because he was a double o and we see him trying to do his uh medical and physical and psychological examinations to make sure he's fit to be return to active duty and through half of it he's doing it with shrapnel in his body 
and he's like you see he's failing a lot of it just because but he's doing pretty good for for a double o i think he's his running is still good his um well, yeah, he can't do uh, one-handed pull-ups, but I think he was doing pretty good with it. His... No, he can do one-handed pull-ups. He was getting tired with two-handed pull-ups because that's where the shrapnel was in his shoulder. And that's why he couldn't shoot the bullet was because of the the shrapnel, but then he re- removed And he pulls it out like the gangster he truly is. Which is something that, well, that's not true. We've had other Bonds bribe their way out of physical examination when they said, yeah, you're not physically fit, and they've done different things. Like, seduce the nurse. That was only one. The other one just, uh, what was it? He was, he switched paperwork, said, no, I'm fine. You're not fine. But so he had that happen. But Emma Prue kind of says he's fine. Because she needs it done. And I think she's kind of sending him to his death. Well, what do you think about that? Her I don't st- think she's sending him to his death. I think she knows that he's going to go do it whether... They pass him for his physical or not. Which is which makes sense and is a valid Which is point. totally what he would do. Yeah, very true. He would do that because he's, he's a controlled weapon. He's not a Rottweiler. He's now a little more finesse. than. But I like that she says, meet your new quartermaster. And that's where we get uh, Q meeting uh, him in the London Museum. And I love the tete-a-tete between them, the repertoire between... James and Q, we talked about earlier. It's great. We see me at the new Walther PPK with a dermal chip on it, so it only recognizes his handprint. Yes. Now, fun fact: um, they say that less of a mass yeah. weapon, more of a personal statement. And that type of chip actually wouldn't work because everyone says that. Well, yes, your your palm print is different. Nothing can really scan unless you hold it a specific way. So they're trying to fix that, but it's actually a cool sequence. And then he goes to Shanghai, finds... But you're not watching a 007 movie for realism. No, but the the geek in me wants to know, and a lot of people were interested in the guns. Yeah, Uh, but a lot of times they find a way to make the guns after. Someone goes out and, like, makes it work. True. That is very true. And there's nothing wrong with that. Very, again, very true, because Bond guns are always all. So from there he goes to Shanghai, then Macau, then he beats up, he kills Patrice... Which, this time, it's not like last time where he was just killing people randomly. He actually tried to save someone, and he failed, and then the guy died. It wasn't like the, I'm going to just kill these people because they're pissing me off. It's, no, I got to stop this, and then failed. But this time, he ends up finding out about Patrice in a great sequence in a casino in Macau, which is, we get James Bond back to normal. He's no longer drinking the Vesper Martinis. Right. He kind of drank those out of his system. And he's kind of past Vesper now. We don't get a lot of references to her in this one. It's like, seems like he's officially like Vesper is no longer on his mind. He worked his system out by after he threw away the pendant. That was his closure. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> anyway. So from here, then we get our villain. Uh, long story short, we get our villain who is Silva, who pretty much captures bond and tells him yeah you lied they were lied to you they sent you to die uh you should join me and things will be good me and my organization which is not quantum because they don't mention quantum at all in this yeah we've moved past quantum also fun fact in the real world mgm got the license back for specter at this point they finally won the lawsuit to get it back so they have the rights to specter the word not the acronym so 
And then this leads to, uh, as we said, Silva getting captured, uh, getting into the actual new MI6 temporary base, taking it over, huge chase sequence while Emma is being interrogated by Parliament in an inquiry. And then Bond uses his Aston Martin DB5 to take M to his, to Skyfall to set up a huge trap with a great last sequel of them at Skyfall. And I gotta say, it's fun to see the DB5 back, and especially since Daniel Craig's version of Bond got that in Casino Royale. It's a nice touch to it. And also, I gotta admit, the sequence when she says, "We, where are we? It's like, we need to change cars. And you see him open up the... Um, the storage unit and you hear the James Bond theme and you see it's the Aston Martin with the classic plates on it. And you're like, yes, yes, this is cool. The da, da, da. And just the sequence of, you see that he tricked out the Aston Martin with all the old gadgets. Like there's the machine guns in it. There's the plate that shoots up. That is bulletproof. And then of course the most important gadget that is in the Aston Martin the, the ejector button. Yes. Ah, uh, that was so cool. And that last sequence with Kincaid in the Scottish Highlands was very cool. Uh, however, the fight sequence with Silva is pretty good, not great. Uh, leads to a lot, and he's imposing. And just that ending sequence of what happens at the end. A great goodbye to Judy Dench. And we get Ray Fiennes as the new M. And what were your thoughts about that? I thought it was a smooth transition. You were up, kind of upset when when what happened to M happens. Well, yeah, I don't want her to die. I like M. Yeah, so spoilers, M dies. And... But it's like it's not just a feminism thing. I like Dame Judy Dench. I like her in this role. She's older yet somehow still incredibly beautiful She's the and badass. She is the longest running M. Yeah. Which is a shame because it, she was a good M. She really was. And then we get, like we said, Ray Fiennes as M now. And, I like, and that's when I like that ending and we get the James Bond theme. And it's a good film, especially because this was part of that celebration for the anniversary of Dr. No and the James Bond film. It was well done. It's got so many little references. Like when officially Mallory is M, you go into James going into the office with many penny, many penny, introducing herself, Eve introducing herself as many penny, and one, it's the same layout as the original, many penny's office. Same door. Same door going into M's office, which is the same office. Same coat rack. And the coat rack. I was expecting James to take off a hat and put it on there. You have that. You have. The only thing that we were missing is Honey Rider wasn't playing in the background. I think there may be that in the new film. I hope there is. We get the underneath the mango tree. But, again, we have to wait and see. So, what are the little things about this film? This was the return of gadgets, which was really cool. I like that in the film. And the music itself. Let's get to the music. The music was composed by Thomas Newman, who replaced David Arnold. And I gotta say, comparatively, this is probably one of the best soundtracks for a James Bond film in a while. We get, I'd agree. We get the James Bond theme throughout the film, and we get the film which is connected to the actual theme song, which was written and recorded by Adele. Also won the Academy Award for Best The Unstoppable song. Adele. True, because she got the first Bond song to win an Academy Award. So she's getting some ass. This is the first one out of 23 songs. And 
this is a uh, Skyfall is a great song, and I like that we hear it throughout the film. Yes, and that's the th- overarching theme, and that is—I mean, we get that also in um, Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, but this one fit a little more, I believe, personally. Uh, no, I have Skyfall playing in my head now. Yeah. As for vehicle tech, I mean, we had some boats, but the main thing, the Aston Martin. Really, when it comes to tech, the main thing was a gun and a radio. The radio, I don't count. Oh, and the, the laptop. Yeah, I would the laptop, the hack scene. Jeez. A gun and a radio? What? Were you expecting a exploding pin? We don't really do that anymore. Our heart. So I got to say, this was a really good film. Uh, my only complaints, one, the knock list just kind of drops once he gets captured. They don't say, we required it. It's just, it just... Maybe we, they were we, so gun-shy about all of the Bourne references. Maybe. Well, that's a, that's a Mission Impossible reference. Right, but maybe they were gun-shy about it. Maybe there was, like, so much comparison that they were like, oh, we can't call it a knock list for more than two times. They didn't call it. They said it was uh, lit the list, the hard drive, so... Uh, maybe. But that was my only real complaint is that Silva's plan kind of falls apart. It's like, oh, I have a great master plan. But that's like, no, it's all about revenge. Then that kind of makes sense. Otherwise, excellent film. It goes really well. It's well paced. There, The only slow moment is right before the casino scene. The skyscraper scene is a little slow, even though it's a great fight sequence. It kind of does drop a little bit. I do like um, the there's a point when he's following Patrice into the into this under construction skyscraper going up, and you see James just kind of walk up and he grabs the bottom of the elevator as it's going up. But then he loses arm strength. Yeah. And then he's just dangling, dangling, in Shanghai. But I like that sequence. It just it's well done and shows that the stunts are very dark and messed up. Yeah. Kudos to the stunt crew. Like, wow. Definitely kudos. Now, for Skyfall, the song itself, where would you put it on our on the list? Oh, I think I would put it pretty high. Adele crushed it. So you think that uh, Adele is the best, is the bee's knees? I don't know if she's the best. She's definitely super high up. Top three for sure. You really think top three for Skyfall? Better than uh, We Have All the Time in the World and Diamonds Are Forever and View to a Kill? And nobody does it better. And Goldeneye. And I'm Lib- going to say something very controversial. Nobody does it better. It's not my favorite song. No, it's still pretty high up there. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the best, but I. So you think it's top three? You think it's better than A View to a Kill, Diamonds Are Forever, We Have All the Time in the World? I like Diamonds Are Forever. I'm just so. The, the, the song, not the movie, the song. I'm just. Yeah, no, I love that. Diamonds Are Forever. Like, I put it on, like, number... But it can get a little annoying. Forever. I have and it they num- don't show you any diamonds. Yeah. That's not... Biggest pet peeve no, of the movie. No, that's the movie. Not the... The opening has all the diamonds. And the sure. cat. And has cats. I put it at number 11 for the song. I really think that the song, it's really good. It's just not the best. Fair. That's fair. Like, I love Living Daylights. I think that's a great... That's a great opening. Like the actual opening sequence, I think is is probably in the top five. Song itself, yes, it's it won the Academy Award for best song. But I'm like, I like the other one just a little. I don't know. Like, Goldfinger and Goldeneye, 
Goldfinger. And Live and Let Die. Those ones, you can't. Yeah, those are so appropriate for the time period. Yeah, and, they still, and they're still good to this day. They still work. Now, as for henches, we don't have a hench in this one, so they don't count. He's the man. The man with the golden plan. So where would you put Silva as a villain? Bad guy. Like, is he, is he the best? Is he the worst? He's not the best. He's not the worst. Top ten. You think top ten? Top ten. I agree. I think he's, like, around number eight. Because he's better than uh, Le Chief and Dr. No. Uh, I Which put, is saying something. I say he's not as good as Largo. I think Largo, Mr. Big, and Goldfinger, Scaramanga, and Trevelyan are better than him. Even though he's very similar to Scaramanga. Actually, you know what? I think he's actually up there by Scaramanga and Trevelyan. He's oh. better than Largo, I think. Even though Largo is the number one of Spectre. Or do you think Largo's better? Largo with his stupid underwater fight. It was a pretty epic underwater fight. Eh. Talk about cutscenes. Yeah. For the time period, that was awesome stuff, man. That is true. So you think he's better than Mr. Big? Yes. Kanenga, but Kanenga had two roles. He was a politician and he was a drug lord. And he blowed up. Yes. Yeah. The only cool thing about... Oh, we didn't even talk about that uh, Silva has a disfigurement like most Bond villains, but you don't see it. The fact he survived cyanide poisoning and his face, his jaw is completely rotted away. And part of his cheekbone. Yeah. And I like that when he pulls out the, the prosthetic teeth, you yeah. see his eye sinks down. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm actually going to bump him up probably to number five, I think. Because he's better than Max Zorn, to be honest. A lot of people better than... I mean, it's Christopher Walken, but Raul Silva is a little better than that, right? Yes. But he's not as good as Goldfinger, because Goldfinger was gold. <laughs> Best line ever. Goldfinger. Like, do, do you expect me to talk Goldfinger? No, Mr. Bond, I expect I you ex to die. Yeah, but he says it so sharp. I expect you to die. Now, as for the film itself, where do you put Skyfall? I am saying top five. I agree with top Actually, five. No, number six. Number six. As soon as I agree with it, you're like, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 you're, no you're right. You're right. No, you're right. No, Top five. Number five. I put it above uh, Casino Royale. You don't like Casino Royale that much? No, Casino Royale is number f six. Now number six, because I put Skyfall above it. Skyfall's in my top five. Wasn't, uh, sorry. So right now my list is Goldfinger, You Only Live Twice, The Spy Who Loved Me, Dr. No, Skyfall, Casino Royale, and then GoldenEye. Yeah. And then Live and Let Die, Man with the Golden Gun, Tomorrow Never Dies, From Russia with Love, Octopussy, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Thunderball, License to Kill, Living Daylights, Diamonds Are Forever, A View to a Kill, Moonraker, World's Not Enough, For Your Eyes Only, Die Another Day and Quantum of Solace all the way at the bottom. Yes. For your eyes I think that's a solid list at this point where we're at right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's still, this is still a amazing movie that you should definitely watch. All these films are amazing and you should watch them. Even the worst Bond movie is still a great movie to watch. They're it's all, still a Bond movie. They're all still uh, 
worth watching once in theaters or streaming. They're totally all great. We've talked about this. Even Quantum of Solace has some good elements on it, but and you just watch it on the background. But this one is a really, really, really effing cool. It's an excellent film. And this shows why Daniel Craig was and is James Bond. Yes. And why he joined the Parthenon. So I think we've covered everything we can about this one because we only have one left. And then after that... The new one! No Time to Die. So we have Spectre, and as we have caught up to date, and we finally finished only a week away. I know we're a little behind, but it's okay. Life has been crazy with all, everything going on. So with that in mind, I hope you guys enjoyed. Remember to like and subscribe. Support our Patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. If you have any questions or comments, let us know what you thought about this movie. You can email me at zanspiker.com or tweet in the comments below. And as usual... I'm Greta. My favorite line is... Take it to Shanghai. Documentation impossible. Thank you. And this. Author PPKS 9mm short. There's a microdermal sensor in the grip. It's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. And this? Standard issue radio transmitter. Activate it and it broadcasts your location. Distress it. And that's it. Gun. And radio. Not exactly Christmas, is it? Were you expecting an exploding pen? We don't really go in for that anymore. Good luck out there in the field. And please return the equipment in one piece. And this is your Hosan for the Spyrock and Motion Picture Review. My favorite line from the 2012 James Bond film Skyfall is going to be... Well, I'm not hiding in there, if that's your brilliant plan. We're changing vehicles. Trouble with company cars is they have trackers. And I suppose that's completely inconspicuous. Get in. It's not very comfortable, is it? going to complain the whole way oh go on then eject me see if i can <laughs> thank you guys for listening and keep watching movies see you soon for more james bond bye
is gone. You both know what's at stake here. There isn't much road left. Take the bloody shot. What do you say about a man like that? Three months ago, you lost the drive containing the identity of every agent embedded in terrorist organizations across the globe. 007 reporting for duty. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? There's no shame in saying you've lost a step. Quartermaster. You must be joking. Author PPKS 9mm short. It's been coded to your palm print, so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. Q. 007. I want to meet your employer. How much do you know about fear? All there is. Well, not like this. Not like him. Just look at you. Chasing spies. England, MI6. She sent you after me, knowing when you're not ready, knowing when you would likely die. Mommy was very bad. The two survivors, this is what she made us. Everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. You see what comes of all this running around, Mr. Bond? All this jumping and fighting, it's exhausting. Relax. You need to relax. Ah, well, Mother's calling. I'll give her a goodbye kiss for you.